Welcome, welcome to the John of All Trades podcast, episode 306. I'm your host, John X. Thank you for joining us. Glad to have you back once again. And this week's show is one that goes back to the original mission of the John of All Trades podcast. And something that I feel like I haven't done in a long time. Now, first, before we get into that, you'll have to excuse me. My voice probably sounds a little bit weird. My youngest daughter was nice enough to give me a little laryngitis that she got from her older sister. So my voice is a little weird. That's okay, we're going to power through it. It wasn't weird when I recorded this episode, and let's get to that. Because I consider this week's episode kind of a public service. And that's what I mean when I say it goes back to the original mission and intent of this show. One thing I loved to do was learning about jobs that we all sort of know, that we all sort of see, that we all sort of think we understand maybe a little bit, but don't actually know much about at all. And this week's show, I have Jonathan Stein. And he is the managing partner at the Paul Wilkinson Law Firm. Now, if you live here in Denver, chances are excellent you've seen the Paul Wilkinson Law Firm advertised on TV. That's right. They are personal injury attorneys. You'll see ads for personal injury attorneys all the time, no matter what city you live in. It's always interesting when you go to a new city and you see which personal injury attorneys are on TV there. Well, Paul Wilkinson is one of them here. And John just happens to be a friend of mine. Our kids met at their same preschool, we became pals, and over the course of hanging out, I learned what he did. And the more I learned about it, the more I go, man, people need to know this. Because how many ads for personal injury attorneys have you seen? What do you think you know about them? What are your feelings about them? Right off the top of my head, and based on my conversation here with John, I would guess that your immediate perception is not super positive. And we talk about that on this week's show. Now, one thing that's illuminating for me, and something that John points out, is that the ads can be really invasive. They can be kind of in your face, and there's a lot of them. And I'm not just talking about on TV, I'm talking about radio, or when you're driving around, you'll see billboards all the time. But think about what these folks are actually doing. They are forcing insurance companies and large corporations to do what they say they're going to do when someone gets hurt. They are holding these companies' feet to the fire. And not to step on the episode too much, but we talk about one of his cases. Against, let's call it a big box retailer. How many legal resources do you think a company of that size has? You're an average citizen, a giant box falls off a shelf, lands on your head, forces you to have cervical spinal fusion surgery. What kind of resources do you have as an individual? What are you going to do? Who are you going to talk to? That's the time you need to get in touch with a personal injury attorney. Now, let's hope you never have to call one. But if you do, how do you vet one? What kinds of questions do you ask? What do you need to know before you talk to an insurance agent for the company that wronged you that tries to give you a settlement that is very, very low and won't cover your medical bills? What do you do? That's what we talk about on this week's episode. So when I say I'm doing a public service, that's what I mean. We take something we think we know a little bit about, we shine a light on it, we ask tough questions, and we all get better understanding. And John, I can tell you, is a great guy. He's someone I love to hang out with. 
He's someone unafraid to tackle tough issues, and he's very candid, very forthright with me on this episode. And I think you'll have a new appreciation for what a personal injury attorney does. I certainly did. I walked away from this episode knowing way more than I knew beforehand. So that's coming up in a second. A couple of quick plugs. If you like this episode, if you enjoy it, if you enjoy my show, take a couple of seconds, whatever podcatcher you're on, leave me a rating, leave me a review. Those things help the visibility of the John of All Trades podcast. If you want more great content, hit that subscribe button. Brand new episodes will come to whatever device you're listening on. You don't even have to do any work. It's wonderful how that works. Also, tell some friends about the show. Spread the word on social media. Everyone's in the promotions business, and I don't think everyone realizes that. So if you like something, hit that like button. Leave a comment. Share it with some friends. Put it on your own feed. Whether you're on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Pinterest, or Instagram, those are all great ways of staying up with the John of All Trades podcast. My handle is the same across platforms, J-O-A-T-Pod. So those are my two asks. Rate, review, and subscribe on the podcatcher you're on. Spread the word via social media. It's all I ask. Happy to bring this content to you. And this week's episode is a really good one. goes back to the spirit of why I started this podcast to begin with. Let's learn more about personal injury attorneys. My guest on episode 306 of the John of All Trades podcast is Jonathan Stein. He is the managing partner of the Paul Wilkinson Law Firm. And his episode starts right now. probably what happened yeah. all i know is i was invited over to your house okay so <laughs> they, they made up a play date and we went to your house yeah well it was perfect because we were fast friends because we have all these things in common these weird things yeah it, it was totally weird starting with the fact that me and my wife are john and Kristen. you and your wife are john and chrissy yeah and uh it's it's just it's surreal man yeah. two girls at the time <laughs> yeah you've added one to the brood this is john stein and you are, what is your title here at the Paul Wilkinson Law Firm? Uh, I'm a attorney and partner, managing partner. Okay, so you're managing partner here at the Paul Wilkinson Law Firm, and we're sitting here in your office. It's funny, we've spent some time talking a little bit about what you do, but I've always wanted to do this on the record. Or maybe even you pitched this to me. I can't remember how it started. Okay. Do you remember? Uh, how this conversation about doing this started? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was explaining personal injury law, insurance law, litigation type things to a group of your friends okay. <laughs> at uh, our beer pong tournament. You are you are a hoot at parties. So then, <laughs> No, they were they were pretty into it. I mean, and you were into it enough that you were like, we should probably talk about it. So Okay. You know. All right. We'll so, see how I do, but <laughs> it's it's important it's important shit to understand for sure. And yeah. Most people think they understand it. Uh, but I don't think that they do. Okay. So take me through that. So like, describe to me, give me the elevator pitch for what it is that you do, who do you represent, and why? Obviously, there's a lot of different personal injury law firms, and it's one of the few areas of law that's constantly in the public eye. We're constantly interjecting ourselves into everybody's lives. Some people hate it. Most people probably do. Uh, some people probably don't mind. I doubt there's very few people who aren't us that like it. Hmm. But what we do is we represent individual human beings who get hurt in any variety of ways against either insurance companies okay. or big corporations, entities that have lots of lawyers, lots of power, lots of influence, uh, and that individual people can't really fight against them, right? There's, a, right. there's not a whole lot of, that you can do. If you don't have a lawyer, they'll just tell you, here, here's what's going to happen to you, and 
you either accept it or you don't accept okay, it. Okay, so like let's say I hurt myself because some stuff fell off a shelf at Costco. Okay. Right? So I've actually had that case once. Okay, really? Like yeah. that exact? Yeah, it was Walmart, but yeah, that okay, exact sure. same fact pattern, sure. You know, and not to get too into like that, that specific fact pattern and why it's a problem, it, you know, might be a little bit boring, but essentially, you know, there are rules in place at all of these different big box stores about how high you can stack stuff on the top shelf because the shelves can rattle. Sure. I mean, this girl, a box of dishware, like for an apartment, your first apartment, you know, maybe you'll get 10 plates, 10 bowls, whatever fell on her head. Oh, geez. Like Looney Tunes, you know, hit her right on the head. Totally. And, yeah. Like she's Elmer Fudd or something. And right? yeah. And so she was in her twenties. She was a single mom and she had to have a really invasive, expensive surgery called a cervical fusion on her neck where they take a damaged disc damaged by the box out of your spine, your cervical spine, meaning your neck, and they fuse your bones together. Um, and they put some allograft bone material in there to fuse it to make the pain stop. Right. Yeah. So Walmart's not supposed to do that. They know that. So she came here and said, I need help, you know, and this is several hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of medical bills for something like that. Yeah. A company like Walmart, I think most people would agree likes money. I, I, I don't think that's, I don't think I'm, I'm going to get sued for, Saying something disparaging about Walmart by saying they like money and they don't want to give it away. Sure. So, yeah, that's an example of a case where someone with no bargaining power, young girl, single mom, no real resources, horrible injury, horrible surgery, who's going to take up that cause. And what what that does is it gets money for that person. And it is about money. Mm-hmm. You know, people don't want to talk about money, but civil law is about money. Yeah. So, one, it gets that person money. And two, it's a deterrent to companies like that. To make sure that they don't stack things seven boxes high or whatever it is um, when you've got merchandise on the shelves below that people are trying to remove. Okay. Okay. So that makes sense. One example. Okay. So in that case, did Walmart offer her money? Like, did they offer her any money or did they just say, that was an accident? Sorry. Tough No. Break. I mean, I, I sued them. You know, okay. Me. <laughs> right. and me and my, you know, that was me versus Walmart and my client. And I sued them, and no, they did pay, and I can't get into how much they paid. No, no, of course not. Uh, anything like that. But no, I mean, we were definitely successful in, in, in what we were trying to do in that case, and and basically in pretty much every case we do. I mean, that's why horses race. You win and you lose cases if you're a trial lawyer, you know. Sure. But yeah, that one went fine, and I still remember it really well, because I mean, this was this case that we're talking about right now was eight years ago, I think. Okay. So, I mean, we're, we're talking that, I mean, that's one case, but when you see ads for lawyers that are on TV in the Paul Wilkinson law firm, you can see ads for this firm on TV sometimes. Yeah. Um, I don't think currently as we, as we do this, but the, the point I want to make is almost always it's couched in car accidents, right? Right. So like you get in a car accident, it's someone else's fault. Mm. You, the insurance company should pay you for your damages, right? That representing the other party. Yes. Right? Okay, so why doesn't that happen? Because they don't want to lose their money. But isn't that what insurance is for? Like, yes. Okay. <laughs> so so help me out here. Like, what, what are we what are we fighting about then? Why why I, I understand they don't want to lose money, but isn't that why you have insurance? Isn't that what yes. it's designed to do? So in a perfect world, you know, we always joke around at the bar, personal injury lawyers, that if insurance companies would just do what they're supposed to do then we would all go out of business and have to go do something different. Oh, interesting. Okay. So I don't think you, – no, you're not wrong. You're right. But they don't do what they're supposed to do a lot of the time. Mm. Here's the first part that, that people need to understand, whoever hears this. Most people, when they get into an accident and it's not their fault, don't call a lawyer. Oh. They don't. Statistically, most of them don't. 
And what will happen is an insurance company, a nice person from the insurance company with a glittery high voice and clear eyed and wonderful is going to call you and they're going to care, right? And they're going to tell you, oh my God, I'm so sorry this happened to you. Uh, and they're going to offer you two grand, three grand, mm-hmm. four grand, something like that. Some right? nominal amount, right? And a lot of people who are like, you know, I don't want to deal with this or I don't like those lawyers that do this or whatever reason it is, uh, they take that money and they realize in three weeks that they are in pain. They are having problems. They can't go to work, whatever it is. Well, that case is settled. That is done. And those adjusters are trained to try and do that. That is not a nice thing to do. That's an insidious and unfair thing to do to someone. Okay. So you're, so whoever's on that other end of the phone working for the insurance company. They're not your friend. It, no, clearly not. No. But, but they're trying to get away with as little amount payout as possible. Is Correct. that fair? Okay. Yes. The insurance doesn't want to pay as much as possible. They want to pay as little as possible. And if they can get you to agree and, you know, you're, a, you're an adult, okay? So people need to understand that. Like, you're an adult. So if you accept that money and you sign the release, then you do not have any recourse. Now, some people do call a lawyer. Okay. So when they call... Whomever they sign up with, they're going to sign up with a personal injury lawyer who works on something called a contingency fee, mm-hmm. um, which we can talk about if you want. Yeah, yeah. And that lawyer, once they're signed up on that contingency fee, uh, will pursue that, that insurance policy. You have three years from when you get hit to either settle your case or file it in court. Okay. So you have lots of time to sit there and say, do I need this, that kind of treatment, whatever. It's intentional the reason the statute's that long is to make sure people can establish what happened and you can go get your treatment figure out what's wrong with you so why are they calling and asking you to settle you know three days after it happened yeah okay so once you get an attorney you're already in a position where your recovery is going to be substantially higher because we know to just let you treat leave that person alone figure out what's wrong what are those bills they do owe them like you said yeah so that's the that's the first part there. Mm-hmm. Then you send a demand to the insurance company. You say, see, hi, I'm John the lawyer. Pay. And if they make a reasonable, at least at my firm, if they make a reasonable offer, and sometimes they do, uh, I, I didn't say a, a grand slam. That's why it's called a settlement. But if they make a yeah. reasonable offer and the client says, this is reasonable to me and it makes sense to me as well as the attorney, I'll negotiate with that. Insurance company will settle that. Nobody gets sued. No harm, no foul. That happens a lot as well. Not like, as much during COVID, but a lot. Okay. So like what percentage of the time would you say that happens? <sighs> okay. So like pre-COVID. A, yeah. Like how it's supposed to be. I would say at a firm like mine, we probably file... And we're, we, we're a pretty litigation-heavy firm. So a lot of firms will settle a lot more cases. I certainly don't want to get into the, the aspects of why they would do that. No, of course. But for us, you know, I would say 70% of these cases would settle and 30% would get filed okay. in district court, which is um, a pretty serious decision, you know. Yeah. But that's always a conversation with the client about what they want to do and what makes sense, you know? Sure. Again, if you, if you don't talk to somebody, you're not even going to have that number. You're not going to have anything to consider other than did I just screw up or not? Right. And, <laughs> and, and, and you've, and you've potentially closed off avenues for yourself, which you don't want to do. 
Is that, no, I don't see why anyone would want to do that. Now, you know, if, if it's that icky feeling about I'm going to talk to a personal injury lawyer, I don't want to do that. There's lots of personal injury lawyers. Yeah. You can go talk to five, six, ten, a hundred different personal injury lawyers with different personalities and different ways of doing business. There's somebody for everybody out there. But what we do is we exist to provide a service to people when they're injured to go after these corporations. Uh-huh. It's a skill set. It's hard to learn. They're extremely protective of their money. Yeah. So, like, for example, and this is – I'll give you – an example, and I'll give you why this deal kind of makes sense for people. Okay. So these companies don't want to lose their money, number one. All right, so if you drive down 17th Street in Denver, because that's where we are, you'll see a lot of skyscrapers full of lawyers. Yeah. So when you go to law school and you walk in those doors and you're nervous, <clears throat> you have these butterflies in your stomach, and you know me, I was I, what I would consider a kid, 25. Yeah. So I'm walking in there, and they're going, you know, if you're not in the top 10% of your class – you're a loser. You're you're a fuck up. Okay. That, okay. There's 90 percent of the people who go to law school aren't in the top 10 percent. By the way, that's a <laughs> mathematical. Uh, you know, you can't get around that. So the top 10 percent of these kids are then recruited by these high end law firms. Okay. And and you could probably name them. They're the ones with presence in D.C. and they're all over the country. Right. The, sure. The big huge firms. You yeah. know, they're hiring kids from D.U. but also from C.U. from Duke, Harvard, wherever. Right. I'm not going to name names of firms. But the type of firm, okay, that can bring in these top 10% type people, they all represent who? Big corporations. Sure, because, yeah, they, they can have the biggest retainers. They can, they can pay the most yeah. to these law firms. So say right? you want to have a partner, a junior partner, two associates, and a paralegal from a big firm defending Walmart because a box fell on somebody's head at Walmart. Right. Walmart can certainly afford to pay three, four, five thousand dollars an hour for that work. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, how about my my twenty year old single mom? How much can she afford to pay an hour? Yeah. Okay. So we are the people that deal with those people. Okay. And we do the contingency fee where we don't succeed unless our clients succeed because they don't have any other way right so you know we want to help people we want to we want to make money for our businesses as well but it's all coming from these people okay so something that was really illuminating for me was when i watched the movie aaron brockovich uh, which uh, hold on i I think you're going to appreciate where i'm going with this that's okay it's just a long time ago uh sure yeah (laughs) i mean more than 20 years ago but um what i'll say is they find out what ed masry's fee is and it's whatever percentage, like 45% of the total earnings. I, I don't remember what the exact number was. But it, it, was, it felt like a very almost like predatory fee that they were getting. Until she said this. She goes, tell them what you get if we don't succeed. And he goes, I get nothing. Like, I get zero. And that was the, that was the case for this particular thing. Yeah. But what you're referring to is, so a contingency fee, are, are you saying you don't get paid unless the client gets paid? Or is, is is there some sort of like nominal fee that they have to pay for? No, no, you don't get anything. No. Okay, so that brings me to an important question because I think you're probably and you've alluded to this. You're probably aware of the reputation that personal injury attorneys have, and acutely. <clears throat> uh, have you felt that pretty exquisitely? I mean, you've hung out with me enough to know how I, you know, how I might react to something like that. Sure, and, but no, I mean, I, I've obviously I understand. What the public perception is. Okay. So what's interesting to me is why does that perception exist when people – like when you couch it in the way that you do, 
when, say, Walmart or whoever can employ the larger firms and have people fighting on the other side to limit the amount that people get when they are injured or wronged, why does that reputation persist? All right. Well, there's probably a couple of reasons for it. And there a lot of them lie in stereotype, right? Sure. You know, you see the big, rich lawyer on the billboard <laughs> right? Um, or whatever. And that's an individual person. The lawyers for these big corporations and other places, you know, they, that's not how they get their business. They don't have to reach out to the public. They have word of mouth, you know, Allstate uses Mike Smith and State Farm uses Frank Jones. And that's what we do. And so okay. we have to get our name out to people. Directly. It, it doesn't. A lot of times it's very, it's invasive almost when it's, when you do too much of it. And I think that it pisses people off and it's kind of gross. So that's one. Hmm. Okay. Um, so there's tort reform, which again, I'm not going to get too into it, mm -hmm. but tort reform is the result of mostly conservative lobbying. And the reason that it exists is to put caps on what people who have things happen to them can get. Ah. For example, say that. Uh, you got hit by, you know, the Pepsi truck and you lost both your legs in Colorado for pain and suffering. Even if a jury gives you, you know, $10 million, Colorado for pain and suffering, the most you can get is $936,000. What? <laughs> okay. And that's because of what, of tort reform. So they got this through and the jury who might be trying to help somebody doesn't know that this law exists, but I know. Part of the whole movement behind tort reform is there's all these greedy lawyers trying to steal all this money from all these glorious and wonderful corporations that employ people. If you sue Allstate, your insurance rates are going to go up, for example. Ah, okay. Things like that. Well, Allstate has a contract for insurance with the person who caused this. They're responsible to pay for what's fair. That's what the contract says. It doesn't say, give me a premium and I get to keep all your money for the rest of your life, and you better never damn well use it. And if you do, I'm going to punish you. Yeah, okay. that's not that's not how it's supposed to go, right? That doesn't that that doesn't pass your gut check. But tort form is inserted into a lot of things, and so again, look at the nasty lawyer. Third, not everybody tells the truth. So, you know, I remember a LeBron James commercial. I can't remember who it was for, but he was he was playing a lawyer, and he's up <laughs> there in the courtroom and he's talking to the judge and the jury, and he has a basketball and he throws it at a guy and a guy with the uh, like neck collar on oh, the neck brace it, yeah. right and he goes plus dude was faking it you know it's like this perception that everybody who needs help that's hurt is lying okay uh, here's another here's another old movie right so wild things right with oh, Nev Campbell. <laughs> you, huh? okay we can talk about this movie <laughs> so bill murray's got the fake neck yeah. brace on right and and that whole entire thing becomes a scam so media portrayals of personal injury attorneys are probably working pretty starkly against you. I think so. I think every time we walk into court, we're behind the eight ball. They're assuming that we're, we're, we have to win. And that's the other thing is when you bring a case for a person, so I'll put this in the context of like a criminal case. Criminal case, the state prosecutes the case, and the defense lawyer defends against it. So the prosecutor has a burden to prove to the jury the case, hmm. and the defense lawyer's only job is to poke holes and cause doubt. Sure. So in the civil context, my job is to bring the case, prove the case to the jury, who already doesn't trust me, by oh, the way, okay, yeah. already doesn't trust my client, to prove to them that all these things that we're saying are true. Not only that somebody did something wrong, but that something happened because of it, right? Okay. And so you're not faking it. From this, what happened, and then they have to decide what's, what it's worth, right? Yeah. So 
that's really what we're up against. And it's a concerted and intentional effort by everybody, everybody who has money and wants to protect it. We'd like to think that companies and corporations would change because it's the right thing to do. That's not why that no, happens. No. It's because they get hit in the pocketbook and then they do. Uh, agreed 100%. And so I've worked for one of the most unpopular industries in the entire world, and that's oil and gas. Here's the thing. So you work for Paul Wilkinson Law Firm. You could name any of a dozen other law firms on TV, right, that you see ads for. Sure. Some more than others. Yeah. And my guess is... Competition. Those are of varying quality, right? Yes. So I can only imagine that you have... Uh, a great deal of pride in the place that you work. And the ones who aren't on TV, but yes, varying right, exa- quality. Exactly. Yes. So they're of varying quality. And so one of the things working in public relations in oil and natural gas, I used to tell everyone, you are only ever as good as your worst operator. So it, no matter what company causes a spill or injures a worker or you know fucks up traffic for someone, whatever, right? You're all going to get lumped under that same umbrella. Would you say the same thing is true of personal injury attorneys? I believe so. I mean, it feels that way as a general rule. I mean, obviously people who have had them or who interact with them, you know, a lot of the medical community that we react, that we interact with, even the insurance adjusters that we interact with. I mean, they know who to pay and who not to pay. They know who's going to go to court and who's not going to go to court. Mm. They know who's not afraid to lose, which is worth a lot. Oh, sure. the, the, The adage for us is if you, if you prepare a case for trial, then it will settle. And if you prepare a case to settle, then it'll go to trial. <laughs> and, you know, and everybody uses that one because, you know, they know like, okay, we're in trouble. We better sweeten the pot. And then it's a, it's a question of economics for that client then, right? Okay. Is it in- intelligent to risk losing my money in court when it's this much money? Mm. You know, it's like letting it ride. Yeah. I mean, you're really at the, at the craps table at that point, right? Yeah. Once you get there, but you want to be there. You, you don't want to be at the slots. <laughs> yeah, true. But your question, I guess, was about varying quality, or, or you were starting yeah, to get into. Well, that. yeah, no, it was it was more whether or not you agreed with the idea that you were only as ever only ever as good as your worst operator. I think so, but I I mean these firms, so you know, oil, natural gas, you know, Shell, whatever, big companies, yeah. thousands and thousands and thousands of employees, and one of them could. And, and even a remedial job, and no offense to those types of jobs, could cause a really big problem. One hundred percent, yes. Like, I forgot to put the lug nut on, and yeah, I, I know, left now a, the I Gulf le- of Mexico's on fire or something. Right, I left a thief hatch open, and now someone has been poisoned. Yeah. So, like uh, these personal injury firms, even the big ones, if you're not of requisite quality, you will not keep your employment. I mean, we work really hard at what we do, and it's a lucrative area. And that's why why you see personal injury lawyers on billboards and on TV and not other kinds of lawyers because the advertising costs are prohibitive. Yeah. So when you have a weak lawyer, mm-hmm. which happens from time to time, uh, you know you can't you can't just let it slide because that person's cool or that person's your no. bro or whatever. It's not. So I, I don't think you're a hundred percent right. You're only I mean because that person has clients. Yeah. Also at my firm, and I don't know, and I you know this isn't going to be a just a pitch for my firm and it hasn't been so far yeah but at my firm you know when we try a case so if it gets to the point where we're going into court at a certain point in that litigation i'm assigning an additional attorney to that case so there's always two lawyers okay um even with my me you know paul whoever there will always be two 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 heads are better than one type thing and that helps a lot yeah okay let me ask you this Let's say someone's listening to this and they don't live in Colorado because, I mean, 
one of the things that you could say is the question I'm going to ask is how do you find a reputable, uh, a good personal injury attorney, right? And I've spent enough time with you to, and it's nice that our kids are friends yeah. because I, I know where I'm going to go if something happens. But not everyone has that. Not everyone has someone like you in their hip pocket, right? Or, or someone yeah. that they can call and be friends with. So let's say they live in another part of the country. Something happens to them. How do you properly vet a good personal injury attorney should the need arise? That's, that's a really hard question. So, I mean, and that applies here and there. I mean, you can even just look at different communities. Like, for example, Boulder. You're not going to see a bunch of personal injury ads in Boulder, right? Because everybody knows a lawyer. <laughs> okay, it's, yeah. Everybody's neighbor's a damn lawyer. So, you know, it just depends on where you are. A lot of people have that. But if you don't, I mean, that's kind of where the personal injury advertising access to legal representation thing came from because it didn't even used to be legal to advertise as an attorney. Oh, it all had to be word of mouth, okay? Hmm. So, you know, can you trust a referral? Maybe, maybe not. I've had a lot of people come to me who got referred to somebody because they did a great job on somebody's wedding or wedding divorce or <laughs> the, the opposite of a wedding. Op- well, <laughs> I guess you can't one without the other, right? <laughs> but you don't need a ton of lawyer. Well, maybe you need a lawyer for point, your wedding. My point. Well, I, I meant you can't really get a divorce without. A no, wedding. I understand. But yeah, that just came out weird. Usually a referral is good, but you got to make sure it's to the right type of practitioner. Yeah. Don't just go to the guy down the street that did a good job on something because they say they do personal injury law too. Everyone thinks personal injury law is easy money. And so they'll take personal injury cases when they do all kinds of other stuff. So one, I wouldn't hire somebody who doesn't specialize in it. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. Um, so like some guy who does copyright, you know, or, and they're like, like, Oh, it's super easy. I, I can do that for you too. Cause they think they're just going to write a demand letter and get right. paid. They're not. And if they do, they're going to get a paid a fraction of what I'm going to get paid. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. They have algorithms. They know who's doing it. They know who you are. They know what you settle for. They know when you file. They know. Oh, really? So like you can access all these records and find I can't, it. but the insurance companies know. Okay. Oh, that feels that. I mean, you, you, God, dude, you're walking even further uphill than I thought. I mean, you got to, you got to sue and you got to have the balls to do it. And if you don't, then you're going to get a shit offer for something. <laughs> but here's the thing. Like once you get beyond. That inquiry right there. Yeah. I mean, you can go to people's websites and see what kind of results they've had. Yeah. Because uh, most people put them on their website. You can read reviews. This is like anything else, right? Sure. But, I mean, it, it's for it's for anything. Okay? You want a personal injury lawyer. You want a knee surgery. You want somebody to fix your brakes. And you go in for the, the, the meeting. Every first meeting with every person you meet, including the lawyer, is sales. You're not going to meet somebody and they're going to go, are you the, a good personal injury? And they're going to go, I'm fucking terrible. <laughs> Don't hire me. I can't fix your brakes. I'm the best, I'm the worst knee surgeon in the, you know, the state of Wisconsin. Trust me. So, or, or, okay. So that's the extreme version, but it's like, no, I'm like meaty part of the curve. You know, yeah. like no one's going to no. say that. Like I'm no. a good, I can, C to C plus. I can do it and I will do it is what you're going to get. So you're going to have to have that conversation. You're going to have to trust your gut. A lot of times if somebody won't give you a straight answer, I think is a good reason to leave. Yeah. I also believe if somebody is actually willing to give you an actual number of what your case is worth, that's risky mm. because you might need six weeks of physical therapy and you might need a surgery. And at the inception of your case, you don't know. So, I mean, a lot of lawyers will do that and maybe they're right, maybe they're not. But first of all, how do they know? Second of all, are they setting unreasonable expectations for that person who's now just going to be disappointed mm. anyway? So, I mean, there are ways of doing it. 
and you know the, the other thing that is important to remember at least for us is you know you're vetting us and but we're vetting you too sure you know we want to feel good about what's going on in the room so if you feel good about what's going on in the room you've looked at the reviews you know that they will go to court for you mm-hmm. certain boxes you can check at that point you're you got to you got to roll or go somewhere else but i don't know how you do that i mean yeah we are pretty good at signing up cases when people come to talk to us. But that's part of the job, you know. If, if you can't get somebody to sign up, you don't have any clients. Okay. Let, let me ask you a couple of questions here. One, uh, and by the way, I think that's great advice. It is a hard thing. It's it like hiring really, anyone else. It doesn't really answer it because there's no way for me to say, how do you know? No, and you can't know. Or you could have the greatest lawyer in the world and he's just a fucking asshole to you. You know, you don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, it, I mean, vibe is important, but to a point. Um, you know, ma- making sure you're on the same page in terms of alignment of goals and things like that. Yeah. Right? Are they believable? Do you trust what they're saying is true? Right. 100%. Okay. It's the, the difference, I think, why people are so nervous about it, and I'll, I will totally move on in a second. But since you asked about lawyers, yeah. and lawyers in particular, yeah. is, we are actually paid to talk. We're paid to be smart and maybe trick people and talk like lawyers. And so I think it's actually even more intimidating when you're talking to a lawyer about whether to hire them than some other types of people. Because it's like, aren't lawyers supposed to trick me? Am I being tricked into signing here? Ah, uh, yes. Am I signing my life away? Am is I getting lawyer, hoodwinked? Yeah. Is this lawyer just like... But the fact of the matter is, I think, by and large, personal injury lawyers want the case. They want to kick ass as much as possible, hold these big companies accountable. It feels amazing when you can do that to somebody sure. with that much money and power. So for the most part, you know, as long as you have a good feel for it and you do those few things, you're not getting tricked. I mean, these guys want to help. Yeah. Well, including us. Well, and I mean, when, when the client wins, you win too. Right. So, I mean, I mean it'd like be that... nice if the world actually worked that way, wouldn't it? <laughs> sure would. You know what? I'll, I'll take my steak medium rare. Bring it out. I'll pay you for it after you bring it out the right way. (laughs) I'll, you know, we're the only ones that I can think of where we're not getting paid until we've done our job. Everybody else gets to charge on the front end and nobody bats an eye. It's insane. That, wow, that is weird. Um, Okay, let me ask you something then. So a couple of things here. One, you are in many ways, and I've, I've covered this on the show before, where there are a group of people who have to interact with the public when a member of the public is having their the worst day of their entire life. Yeah. And in many cases, that's what you're dealing with. You get in a car accident, right? I mean, you, you get a box dropped on you at Walmart. You're not having a good day, and your entire life has been rearranged. Yeah. I'm curious... How do you handle that? And uh, like, how are you able to, I don't want to say slough off what's happened, but you can't internalize everything that you have to see and deal with. And so I'm curious, how do you manage self-care? How are you able to compartmentalize this part of your life? Well, first of all, that's not that hard for most situations. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yes. They're having, I mean, most people go to people because they have a problem. Uh, Sure. I mean, no, I I work in PR. No one calls a PR firm when the sun is shining. Exactly. So, most people go to people because they have a problem, but again, with lawyers specifically, it's magnified. Yeah, uh, divorce, not a marriage. Divorce, yeah, <laughs> or a right. Personal injury case, or I got a, I got a DUI. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, you're 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 right. I have a problem. Please help me. I don't know what so to do. People are in a lot of distress uh, a lot of the time, mm-hmm. but they're also coming in for a consultation. They're coming in to talk to you about what you can do, and so giving people answers. 
about, well, this is how this works and here's what we can do and here's how it will go and et cetera, et cetera. It's actually pretty calming most of the time. Oh, Because it's nice to know, like, okay, I'm talking to somebody who knows how to help me out. Or someone says, what I want you to do is go get the treatment your doctor tells you to do. I'll take all the calls. I'll deal with everything. You go back to living your life and make sure you take care of yourself. Okay. You know, I always tell people that, you know, the jury is only going to take your case as seriously as you take your treatment. And, and that's oh. my line. They're like, you need to take your treatment seriously if you want to be taken seriously. Yeah. So go do it. Um, and a lot of times that's enough. Like when people are really, really, really badly hurt or you see crazy pictures and blood and gore and those kinds of things. Yeah. Part of being an attorney is that you have to convince a, a group of strangers to empathize with another stranger. And then you have to convince them to put a dollar amount on what that feeling is worth. Whoa, yeah. So a medical bill is easy, but pain and suffering is not. And so what is that worth? And hmm. to be honest with you, to answer your question, if you're not empathizing on some level, if you're not feeling what they're feeling on some level, I don't think you can really do the, the job very well. No, it's something of a dereliction of duty at that point. So I, I don't know if I compartmentalize it. But most cases, honestly, you know, like people get hit, they, they need the treatment they need and they need someone to help them. You know, and we have staff here to take their calls and all these kinds of things. You know, a lot of times people kind of think we're like their counselor, like not their lawyer counselor, like their <laughs> counselor counselor. You know, we have to remind them like that's not really what's going on here. But right. Like, like you're their psychotherapist. It's the sounding board. Okay. You know, and we'll take some pretty long calls and that's okay. Yeah. You know, that's all right. Yeah, I don't. I don't honestly think I compartmentalize it. I think that I kind of let it wash over me, but I also know it's not happening to me. Right? Does it? Does it ever wear you down? Does it? I mean, there's been certain cases that have been really bad that, that, I've that had just a linger extremely with extremely hard time, like forgetting. Sure. Sure. Yeah, that's kind of wrongful tough. death cases. A lot of times, uh, cases with little kids. Oh um, God. Dog bite, uh, facial dog bite cases. Those ones I, I have a hard time with. Yeah. Uh, forgetting those stuff like that. Sure. Uh, I mean, there motorcycles, are, those kinds of things. Th there are things you can't unsee in I'll, life. I'll never own a motorcycle. I understood. I mean, I, I've talked to people in the medical community who refer to them as donor cycles, <laughs> That's... Uh, um, which is real dark. <laughs> um, <clears throat> okay. So, yeah. I mean, I've, I've just heard that. And, I, I get it. No, it's, it's, yeah, it's dark. Um, hell it's October. It's pretty fun. <laughs> If we're in October and we're not talking about something a little bit macabre, what are we doing? There you here? go. But um, another question I wanted to ask you was, so you go to law school. What, uh, first of all, what drew you to law in general? I'm not sure how to answer. I, I, I was interested in being a lawyer since I was in sixth grade or so. Really? What about it? I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm Jewish. <laughs> okay. Uh, fell into that stereotype young. I'm just kidding. Um, it, <laughs> it's... Uh, you you had me going. You were selling it. it was... Well, no, I mean that's. I mean, it's there's a lot of Jewish people in the law. You know, it's something sure. that we talk about. My uncle's a, a judge, retired. Uh, but I knew I always knew that it was hard to to do, and that not everybody could do it. I knew you could make a good living doing it, mm -hmm. and everybody's so silly that they never want to talk about like that matters or doesn't matter. I agreed. <laughs> it it feels like we're being all a little bit too coy about that aspect of our lives. Yeah, it's you don't have to talk about what it is, but you can talk about why. I mean, doctors want to make money too for the most part. Dude, I mean, people have ambitions to work on Wall Street. Right. Like that, their motivation is obvious. Well, that that one yeah, 100%. And but those people are unapologetic about that. I have found only a few areas of law where you can make good money, substantial money and actually help people. Huh. 
That's that a- is not easy. Like the big shot criminal defense lawyer guys, there's like a handful of those guys. Yeah. Five. Yeah. Maybe. Like the Johnny Cochran's of the world is yeah. what you're describing, right? Not a lot of those guys. Sure. You know, I usually think in, in context of Colorado, so my apologies to people who aren't from here. But I'm like five like here, but not a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, family law, I mean, you're, you're either doing Mark Cuban's wedding or, mm. or – yeah, I did it again. <laughs> you're either doing Mark Cuban's divorce. Look, yeah. I just don't use the word divorce a lot in my household. That's good. Right? That is great. (laughs) (laughs) When your wife listens to this, she'll be thrilled. Yeah. Well, it's never crossed my mind, sweetheart. Never. (laughs) Well, mine either. So, but imagine that. Like, Bill Gates, big money, those types of people. There's firms that handle that kind of divorce. Man. Yeah. Got it. The D Um, word. Most are quick, right? So, bankruptcy, that's where I started. Pretty obvious. Yeah. Uh, During the recession, by the way. Mm. That was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> it was really sad, very depressing. But again, I got to help a lot of people. Like a, a typical divorce, or, uh, you know, it's going to be like five grand probably. A typical bankruptcy is 1500 bucks for the average person. It was when I was doing it, and that was 07. Oh, geez. So there's a filing fee of like $300. So if somebody hires you, your firm makes like $1,200. Yeah. <laughs> so I got my first personal injury job, and I got my first big case yeah. that was worth sub- substantial money. And six I, figures, seven figures? Yes, yeah, six figures. Okay. The first, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's substantial when you're 25. Oh, yeah. So, Dude, that's substantial to most people this, in this the pers- world. Exactly. So this person that caused this wreck had $100,000 of insurance. Yeah. And we should probably explain what that means to people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all the insurance that they had. So they sent me that because I'm like, this case is worth more than that. You send it now uh, or you get sued. So they sent it. It's not a contingency fee. That's $33,000 and change. That's 16 bankruptcies. Yeah. That was one case. Bang. I mean, I was like, what planet is this? Yeah. Like, what am I doing? So to really help people and have a good living, like across the board, I mean, I I would accept challenges to that statement. I I think it's interesting because you, you answered a question I was going to ask, which is of all the available practices of law, why personal injury law? And you said, because you can make a good living and you can actually help people. And I thought, what, and a, a, what a great answer. And it's fun holding these big companies accountable as best you can. Sure. Like, they don't have, it, they don't have one on me. You know, I, I know. It really is exciting. And you do get to practice law against the best attorneys. Yeah. You know, th- that covers the spectrum, too, by the way, good and bad. You know, I know when I get one firm or another, what's going to happen. Sure. Already. I learn more doing that. I learn more practicing against really talented defense lawyers than I do talking to uh, other personal injury lawyers and just doing the work that no, that makes good sense. And that, that also answers a different question because I'm going to pivot here slightly and we need to talk about insurance. Yeah, we can, we definitely do. But it's so funny when I told you about the beer pong tournament that we have at my house Yeah, and I mentioned it to you, I said, this will be the third one. You guys should come play. You live down the street. It's all perfect. Right. And you said, you know, I actually won a beer pong tournament and I'm going, all right. And you, you told me again and again how good you were at this. And then you came in and mowed down everyone. And your wife, by the way, is an underrated player. Like, you're, you're like Steph Curry with all the glory. She's like Clay Thompson. Just she, like. She's awesome. Just from the margins, just like sinking, like buckets. You guys were a steamroller. We took you to the limit. My wife and I did. Got close. That was the closest that we got. But you said what you were going to do, and you literally did everything you were going to say. So it's not surprising to me how much you enjoy going against the best lawyers out there. 
That also uh, applies to consultations, by the way. I do what, I'm, what I say I'm going to do. What do you mean? Well, you're like, how do you trust somebody? And I was like, <laughs> well, I told you I was going to win the beer pong tournament, so I guess <laughs> I could tell people I'm going to win their case, too. Yeah. <laughs> you were asking me how you, how you would convince somebody, and I, I looped that back around. Well, I don't see the belt in here. Yeah, okay? it's not very good. So, Oh, come on. All right, start over. Oh, the belt. Yeah, the belt no. that you won at the beer pong tournament. Well, I said loop it in, and you said I don't see the belt. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, no, I meant the belt that you won at the tournament because we had belts. No, they're at the house. So Okay, house. all right. So when people come in, they know who's boss. It's like, yeah. oh, you want to play some beer pong? Look, every, I gotta... time I, every time I play, I wear it. Uh, I bring it out. You know, Sometimes I just wear it. <laughs> you know, nothing else. I, oh, dude. Cut that out. That's never. You can leave it in. Yeah, no, that one stayed in okay. 100%. Uh, yeah. And I'm light on whiskey, so uh, if, if you would hit me again. Yeah, sure. Um, but one of the things That's that. starting to get good. I, th- I think when I, I came up, came upon you talking to the other folks at the beer pong tournament, mm-hmm. you, you do this thing that makes you sound like, and which is, this is going to be hilarious considering you're Jewish, but you, you almost sound like an evangelical Christian. Because you'll ask people who they have for their insurance provider, and which is always funny to me. Because it's like, I'm like, what is he asking? Like, because it feels like a trap almost. But I think you're doing a public service. Why are you asking people that? Because some of them tend to do a better job treating people the right way than others. And I'm not going to ask you to name names on this one. But, I mean, we, we can do that off mic. And you have done that with me. And I know yeah. who, who are Hap- the... Happily off mic. Yeah, yeah. But, okay, so explain that to me in generic terms. I mean, the best that I can explain it, because I've never been behind the curtain and worked at an insurance company, is, you know, people come and go in different managerial styles and ways of making money, saving money, adjusting cases, looking at medical records, looking at bills, how you're going to treat people changes. And you can actually see, if you do this for a while, the fluctuation uh, in how different insurance companies act. So, for example, the worst insurance company that I had to deal with when I first started is now not the worst to deal with. Oh, interesting. Because, look, there are laws and regulations that exist that dictate how these companies must, okay, must behave. Now, they break those rules all the time. It's not like stealing somebody's television. They're not going to get arrested. They know it. They can break the law. You can't arrest a company. Right. They can break the law, and if you do not hold them accountable, they will do whatever they want. So as it becomes apparent what's happening with one company or another, there will be a reaction from the plaintiff's bar. Plaintiff's bar means us, the big, bad personal injury lawyers. Mm -hmm. We will respond, and eventually they will get tagged. Mm. And then they will change. And they will be cool for a while, and then they'll be cool, and then they'll go back down and back up and back down. It's that's almost like I, it's like yo-yo dieting. That's what I've seen. Wow. And so when I'm dealing with a sp- certain company, you know, ask somebody if they have that company, and I go, do you hope that if something happens to you, they're going to do what they're supposed to? They always say yes. <laughs> and I say, don't count on it. Ah. And they go, well, what am I paying for? And then I end up, <laughs> and then I end up talking to them for... 45 minutes at your house. And you go... In the driveway. You go, what indeed? What indeed? <laughs> what indeed are you paying for? <laughs> <laughs> Serious. It's like, it's like a cliffhanger. 
Because it's like, man, let's hope you don't have to find out, right? Or find out what you thought you bought that you didn't buy. Ah. Which is even worse. Okay. So I know it would be wildly problematic for you to advocate for certain insurance companies on a number of fronts. So I'm not going to ask you to do that. Mm -hmm. But is there a way – this is similar to in spirit to the question that I gave you about how do you vet a personal injury attorney, right? How would one adequately vet an insurance company? Because, again, there's a zillion choices out there, and they're all on TV, and they all have really amusing ads. I would say – why don't so, they get why don't they get criticized for taking up so much of your time with their ads? I think because they make their ads so charming. Right. The when, little the little lizard or Patrick Mahomes or something. Right. Or, you know, any number of characters that have been developed. So, there there's a lady in an apron. Yeah. There's uh you know Whoa. Uh, Yes. I mean, yeah. I'm trying to be a little bit. Well, that's okay. I mean, that's all right. We can talk about who Flo is. But... Well, sure. Uh, okay. And so then J.K. Simmons is pitching one and Serrano from Major League is pitching one. And, you know, like, so there, there's all these cutesy poo ways of getting around actually talking about insurance. Mm-hmm. So how would one cut through that noise? Because you're legally obligated to buy it anyway if you want to drive a car. Uh, that's true. I mean, name me another product that's private. Industry other than insurance that you have to buy by law. Yeah, you've you've stumped me. That yes, that you totally private, publicly traded. Law says you have to buy it if you're going to drive. And in some arguments, to be made about health insurance at this point, or or owning a home. Like I mean, if if you want to own a home, you kind of have to own. If you're going to get a mortgage, if you you right have to have it, if you own it free and clear. But yes. So, I mean, but think about that, right? But nobody yeah. complains. True. Great ads, like, say, with, like, Patrick Mahomes is a big one right now, and, and I think Drake. Yeah, and Chris and, Paul. Okay, so they're all, you know, should, if they were spending their time paying claims for the contracts that they a- entered into with these millions and millions and millions of people, instead of doing that, maybe they'd have a little extra change for some kid who just got rear-ended on his way to high school or whatever, couldn't you make the same argument about personal injury lawyers, though? How? Because you guys have enough money to advertise right. on TV the same way that they are. Not I mean, the same no, way. no, well, no, not the same way. It, but people don't make the distinction between national advertising buys and local advertising buys. Yeah. It all kind of looks the same because they're right next to each other. People don't think about any of it because they're not in this industry. But I personally make a distinction between seeing Kyle Bacchus talking to a camera and Patrick Mahomes throwing a ball to Aaron Rodgers on TV. Okay, that's fair. Or every single net for every single Division One football game having uh, good hands, you know, to catch the football behind it. Or okay. Whatever they're putting out there. And I'm not saying they shouldn't advertise either. I'm saying they should pay money to their claimants when claims are made instead of only being obsessed with bringing in new business. One has to do with making money. One has to do with spending money, right? Oh, good point, yeah. The, the adjuster position, the position that pays money out in insurance companies, the only position in the insurance company that takes money from their bank account and sends it that way Instead of from uh, your pocket into their bank account. Okay. Now I'm. Yes, we advertise as well. We're trying to get business as well. Yeah. But we don't get paid unless we win. <laughs> so <we're, laughs> that's all risk. If you put out an ad, if you put out an ad and nobody calls you, you still pay for it. You don't make a dime. Yeah. Okay. And whereas insurance, I mean, insurance is like the rake in a poker game, because they're they're going to get paid. 
one way or the other. They're they're just trying to take pieces of the pie from the other players. The primary way that they make money, and you know, most people don't know this, the primary way that they make money is not your premiums. They take your premiums and then they invest that money. Oh. So they take all the money and they put it in pools and they invest the money. So the longer they have that money invested, the more money they make. So the longer it takes you to extract what you're owed, the better. Okay. Wow. Them, right? Well, they don't just put it in a checking account. You know, they they want to <laughs> they want to grow their you know, they want to grow their wealth, and that's totally fine as long as when something happens, you do what you're supposed to do. I'm sorry, I'm amused by the idea of the State Farm checking account yeah. just existing as like this big, big State Farm, checks. yeah. Copy <laughs> Gilmore checks. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, just one, one company with the with the huge checks. You know, like when you go into your own bank and you're going to make a deposit and you have to fill out the line how much money you're going to put in. And there's like the little dashes and there's only so many. Yeah. You know, they would need like <laughs> 42 dashes and then like, you know, like dot and then two for cents. Interesting. Probably screw that up a lot if you actually had to do it that way. Well, sure. I would take forever. Man. These conversations are more fun when you have a little whiskey, don't you think? Uh, well, of course. It, well, as as we all loosen up a little bit, just but a little bit. Now feels like the time we're going to turn the mics off, and so this is the part on the show where we do plugs. And John, before we do that, I just got to say, this has been enormously illuminating, and we've done this in a way that even I mean, you and I have hung out quite a bit just because our kids are friends. And we'll talk about this, and you always have really good gossip about the other people you might see on TV that's just fun and playful. And so, like, and and nothing, like, slanderous and nothing we'd even say here. But this was, I think, a huge public service because part of the goal of my show is to understand the world a little bit more. And I think people's understanding of personal injury attorneys is minimal at best, like, approaching zero yeah I, do, I don't think it behooves us to be so defensive yeah about it but to try and talk about it it's just we don't have the bullhorn that the corporate world has we don't have the same bull. it might seem like it because we're on your local whatever yeah because because you'll see you guys we are still just compared to those types of people small yeah and so it's hard to counteract it and the only way of doing it is just to talk about it this is this will get to more people than I can talk to at a, a bar on a Friday night or whatever, right? That's right. That's why we do it, man. So here's where we do plugs. Where can people find the Paul Wilkinson Law Firm? Where can they find you? Anything you want to plug. It doesn't have to be you. Whatever you want to plug, do it now. Oh, I'm just going to plug me then in the law firm for sure. So it's the Paul Wilkinson Law Firm, and we are a personal injury practice. That's all that we do out of Denver, Colorado. We cover all Colorado cases and some of the surrounding states. Um, if people need help, they can give us a call. We're easy to find on the website. It's www.callpaul.com. So it's super easy to remember. Nice. Um, and we're pretty easy to find if you're in the metro area. So we're back behind Rose kind of in this quiet little neighborhood. Uh, yeah, and I'm a, I'm a partner over here. I've been doing it for nine years at this office. Just recently got to nine years, and I'm happy to talk to anybody. Um, I'm happy to talk to anybody who thinks they have a case or even if they need a little bit of advice. Well, dude, the pleasure was mine. Thank you for doing this. I look forward to when we're hanging out in an unofficial capacity, but I think this was an, uh, a really useful public service, and I appreciate it very much, man. Continue success to you. Cool, man. Thanks for coming. And that'll do it for episode 306 of the John of All Trades podcast. Jonathan Stein, managing partner at the Paul Wilkinson Law Firm. And what a great dude. What an insightful chat. I know a lot more about personal injury law than I did going in. I hope you do, too. Big thanks to him for taking the time and sharing some whiskey with me. That's always a pleasure. 
You can find out more about the Paul Wilkinson Law Firm in the show notes. No matter if you're listening on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora, Audible, Amazon. I'm on all the podcatchers. Or you can go to the John of All Trades homepage. That's J-O-N of All Trades.us. The John of All Trades podcast is a production of Deft Communications. Check out Deft on the web. D-E-F-T-C-O-M dot U-S. I'm a communications firm, so I do all manner of traditional PR. I'm also a podcast producer. I have six shows under my umbrella. If you have an idea for a show, I'm happy to talk to you about it. Hit me up. D-E-F-T-C-O-M dot U-S. Our sponsor is 4 Degrees. Number 4, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. Anything you're doing online, 4 Degrees can help you do it better. If you're building a website, doing some sort of campaign, incorporating online advertising, social media marketing, email campaigns. They will get your message in front of the people who need to see it most on the platforms they are on. They are brilliant at what they do. Proud to have them as my sponsor. Number four, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. I'm out of here for this week. We've got a brand new show coming to you next week with another good buddy. We're talking about something vastly different. Cannot wait to bring it to you. Stay up with me on the socials, J-O-A-T pod. And until I hear you again, say goodnight, Gracie. That's good, Johnny.